another episode of the reconnect with your teenager podcast with yours truly emma g now if you are new to this platform hello welcome i'm so glad you found us i'm so glad that you're here this is a space where we are going deep we are diving into some really interesting conversations and by we i mean me and you uh with some experts coaches mentors facilitators counselors, therapists from all over the world about the magic of youth and how we can enable them and empower them to be better, stronger, and more resilient. Who am I? My name is Emma G and I am a singer, songwriter, musician, youth empowerment coach, and speaker using music as a tool to help empower and encourage and inspire young people to step into their authentic voices and become their biggest, baddest, dopest selves. It is not the most conventional approach to youth empowerment work or youth work in general, so I decided to reach out to a whole host of other unconventional coaches and mentors, and today I am so pleased to be joined by all the way from another state because I'm here in Maryland. I don't even know where you are, but <laughs> Teresa Puckett, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. You know what? Sometimes I don't know where I am. I'm in the process of moving. So it's perfect. Okay. Okay. Where, where you, so where are you based? Where are you moving? Where I'm based right now and in this moment is Pennsylvania in uh, okay. northeastern Pennsylvania, but always from Philly. And we are in the process of moving up to Maine. Oh, Okay. I love both of those places. My mother is originally from Erie, Pennsylvania, um, and I saw my first ever moose in Maine. So there we go. <laughs> it's a good place to see them, right? What, your so, first ever, you've seen more than one moose, Emma? No, 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 you, that, that's a good point. My, I've only seen, they're big. I don't want to see another one. They're huge. Very intimidating. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, well, that's super exciting. So let's dive right in. And um, you have been in like the coaching and mentoring space for a minute. You have done a whole bunch of, of work previously with um, a business that you ran called relationalparents.org. Um, and you've kind of been in an adjustment period as of late. Um, so I'd love to sort of dive right in and learn more about like who is Teresa Puckett as she transitions from Pennsylvania to Maine. Uh, what's going on? Tell, tell me about tell me about what you do. Wow. So right so I'm I am transitioning from that relational parents really working with parents and specifically parents of teenagers. And the reason why I'm transitioning out is because people would come to me and they would want to fix their kids. Mm. And that just I, I i kept hitting my head against that same wall and there were precious few people who were coming to me who were open to just reimagining themselves and opening up in a new way to their kids so i i stepped back from that and i'm facilitating I'm facilitating people who want to get in better touch with their own flow, with their own energy. Sometimes it's because of a toughness in a relationship with a kid or with someone else. Um, I, I guess, to be honest, it's still a, a lot of times is the toughness 
with a teenager yeah. because that I think is the toughest period. I'm I'm so gratified that you focus in on the teens because that's the toughest age to parent. Yeah, yeah. I, I thank you first and foremost. I mean, it is it is quote unquote the toughest time of anybody's lives alone of somebody wanting to parent um, a teenager. I, I do not envy any parents out there um, raising Generation Z currently. But I, I, I'm curious because I think one of the things that you that makes you unique and powerful in your work is you've not only parented yourself, you've not only been through the, you know, been through the ringer when it comes to noticing and encouraging parents to step outside of that tough love mindset mm -hmm. um but also now you're doing a lot of work alongside teenagers so even in your you know in your 30 years of age um <laughs> no no you I'm know like, put it out there I'm 53. it's all good okay go ahead now so you know even in your 53 years of age you're you're, you're still you're still willing to put in the work to learn more about the demographic that you're serving and i think that's so key to parenting to education and to therapy or coaching um to really step to this into the shoes of those that you're working with can you tell me more about like how that journey has been for you or how that process has been for you just this most recent the one that we were talking about yes absolutely oh fantastic i love it yes 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 so Okay, so I'll, I'll give uh, I'll give the watchers, the listeners, a little bit of the background that I gave you. Um, Please. For the last ten months, I have been working as a waitress or a server at a nationally known restaurant, wonderful restaurant, and most of the people I've been working with and serving alongside have been teenagers and young twenties, which mm. I think you know we can kind of you know, include them in the, the pot too, right? The, like, sure. the older adolescents. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really been wonderful to, I mean, I, I in general, I, I am open. I like to hear other points of view and things. And I, I can't help taking in the points of view, but it's been, um, it's been illuminating watching and seeing the different, um, just all the different individuals. Not everybody has the same anything, just like any other age, right? Yeah. We are all different. Um, but I will say that I've noticed some, um, sadly, some patterns. I think they're, they're many thousands of years old. The, the trauma that our parents are raised with they embody and then they raise us with it and then we raise our children with it and i mean can i tell you can i tell you a story it actually happened of course just, of course um just the other night at uh, at this restaurant and there was there was a little boy very little maybe five and he was crying because he he couldn't get to his mom because he was in a booth and she was across from him there was something he was he was in need of her loving attention and he was crying and one of my coworkers, i i mean i i just i felt the child pain i just said oh oh the poor the poor little boy and she just said what you feel sorry for him oh my gosh like if my if i ever made noise like that 
my parents would have ripped me by my hair and dragged me out. I hate kids. Oh, and I just, you know, I just like, oh, you know, I mean, she's a teen or a young 20 and that's okay. Like she, but, but just like the trauma goes on and on. And I just think if we, as the parents can open to something else besides the trauma that we were raised with, if we can, you know, parent ourselves and, and yeah. soften that, we'll be able to reconnect so much more with our yeah. kids. Yeah, that that's powerful. I think one of the things that um that most makes me take pause as you're telling the you know as you we were talking before we went live and as you're telling me about that story in particular is I think a lot of um educators I've, I've been in, in the education field for gosh going on eighteen years now um okay. and I know right I said this too. No, um, but one of the things that I, um, one, of the, one of the key principles, because I obtained my qualifications in New Zealand, where we have, uh, we really honour our Indigenous practices, Te Reo Māori and Te Kanga Māori, and one of the things that um, is integral to Kopapa Māori is making sure that we as educators, as parents, as, as leaders, as mentors, as coaches, whatever, understand the and that and that value the importance of learning as much as giving and you know really really um absorbing information from our clients from our students as well as feeding into the next generation or feeding into the our, our people and one of the things that you know i'm hearing from you is that you are also really big on really taking on the energy of those you're working with and and learning from them as you're as you're coaching them through you know through whatever they're going through and which is interesting because you know when we talked um last year before going on this podcast you'd mentioned that you do a whole bunch of like movement stuff body-based transformational tools and human design yeah. i'm <laughs> The, the, the concept of human design is, I mean, obviously movement is important, transformational tools, I want to get into that, but human design, this is a buzzword I've been hearing for years. Tell me what that is and how that plays into the work you're doing with teenagers. I, I Tell me everything. Okay. So, well, human design, it's almost like, tell me about the body, right? Like mm -hmm, the body, mm -hmm. like, well, what? Your fingers, your toes, your heart, your skeleton. There's, there's layers upon layers of it. But um, I Ching from China, the chakras, the tree of life, um, astrology, so many different things. But basically with your birth information, your date, your time, your place, you can go to any one of dozens of sites now and mm -hmm. put it in and get your chart, your human design chart. It's like mm -hmm. your energetic anatomy. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing, the most important thing is your energy type. And mm -hmm. so there's only four. So your energy type has a certain aura. So for example, seven out of 10 people, and I'm one of them, is a generator. And so generators are not here to initiate things. They're here to respond to things, to be in response. Things come to generators that are supposed to come. So life brings 
generators, the things that they need to respond to. Um, so a lot has to do with your energy type and the aura that goes along with your energy type. So someone, for example, who is a projector, and that's like 20%, just under 20% of the population, it might be a projector. They are, you can feel their energy. They might be very triggering and they're not supposed to do anything until they're invited because if you're, if you're invited as a projector, you have this ability to go deep, deep, deep and be very insightful and then pull out and you give what exactly is needed. Mm. Um, but so that's, that's not me. My, the aura for a generator is more open and enveloping and, and bringing to it what it needs. But most of us are trained to be manifestors. You can do anything you put your mind to any single thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, and I mean, I love human design and I haven't like, I'm not certified or anything. I've done a lot of deep work. But there's so much that's powerful from just the basics. You don't so, have to go insanely deep. So we have, sorry, you said you've got generators. We have um, manifestors. We have, what was the third projectors. one? Projectors. And what was the fourth one? The fourth one is only 1% of the population, give or take. Okay. And it's called reflectors. And those oh. are the ones that are here to just show us how we are. They just kind of mirror what's going on back to us. Like, is this good it, here? This is what's happening. Is this good? Maybe this is great. I mean, yeah, reflectors are really important, but we don't need too many of them. Of course, that can be confrontating. <laughs> Confront <laughs> confrontational was what I was trying to say. Exactly. Confronting, yeah, exactly. yeah. So interesting. How, okay, so how did you get involved with working in this field and how like how does movement and transformational like what are the transformational tools that you use how does all of this play into the work you're doing with parents and with teenagers and with with the teenagers you're working with and you know I, i'm 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 fascinated because you know the school of life is real but there's so much that we i think tend to sort of take uh, for granted when it comes to and how we're relating to one another, but you seem to be really going for the jugular every single time. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Am I? <laughs> I, listen, I'm here for it. So, I mean, so movement for me, um, you know, here embodiment all the time, mm -hmm. right? Course. Embodiment, this embodiment, that, um, we are conditioned by society, the, the time that we live in, to be in our head, mm -hmm. to just be in our head and learn and do and make the decisions and plan everything all out. And when we do that, when we try to plan it all out, like, I mean, nothing can get planned. Like, what was that, um, that movie where it was like, you can have the best plan in the world, but like 60 sec, like five seconds into the game, like the plan changes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the ability to not have to be in your head, you know, human design is all energetic, but of people can kind of study the hell out of it and right. get in their heads about it. 
So for me, what is so helpful is I love, I love yin yoga. I love Qigong. Um, so adding the Qigong movements to, okay, well, so you are a projector. So let's practice. What is your aura like, you know, kind of doing it and feeling it and getting into your body about it instead of getting into your head and did I do this right? And does this make sense with my human design? Like, no, mm-hmm. let's feel it. Let's really get out of our heads and just be in our bodies. And I, that used to, when people would say that to me five years ago, Emma, I would be like, what are you talking about? I would mm-hmm. like want to punch them because I was so in my head. And so it's been a process for me after decades and decades. So it's, I mean, it's, it's easier. I, I can understand people being all in their heads. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're training for. Yeah, I, I've been noticing, and I don't know if this is just my algorithm working against me or for me, I'm not sure, but I've noticed a lot of people in my <laughs> environment talking a lot about, you know, honoring our mindset, our heart set, and our soul set. So what I'm hearing from you is that we've got like that, that cognitive understanding, that emotional understanding, and then that spiritual understanding. How does one balance those energies, especially when it comes to being a teenager and or when it comes to, you know, working with our teenagers? Yeah. I mean, as far as being a teenager, I think there's so much physically with the, you know, there's, there's so much brain-based and hormone and things going on, especially the different stages of teenager. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's all the same. Um, I, I think it's way beyond my capacity to say like, how can you balance all of it being a teenager other than having some mentors, adults, um, other people who are just willing to listen to you Mm. and willing to really be there for you. I think that's the best way. Having places to go, whether it's your older brother, whether it's somebody that you work with, whether it's your mom, a counselor, a teacher, friends, but people Mm. who will listen and not try to advise you to death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being heard is such a, a pivotal, pivotal, no matter how old you are, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's take a step back. Yeah. You're a teenager. I'm a teenager and I'm coming to you and saying, Miss Puckett, I need help. I'm, I'm, I've just been through, you know, three years of online schooling and my boyfriend dumped me and, you know, if my parents are getting divorced, what are some like really key things that you can sort of um, encourage a young person to do when it comes to um, you know, maybe not balancing the the mental, emotional and, and, and uh, spiritual, but allowing mm-hmm. themselves the space and permission to trust themselves, let alone trust somebody else? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Trusting yourself is so huge. Um, so I would, I would, you know, you've already, you've, I've already listened, right. And you've told me all this. And then I would start asking questions like, well, so Emma, what, 
what do you really like to spend time doing? And it might be, you know, if it's walking in nature or um, taking photographs or reading or whatever it is that you really like doing, I would, I would start to get a sense for, you know, what is your, what is your energy like? What are the things you like to do? What are you, what do you think you're good at? Yeah. And starting to explore ways that you can spend a little bit more time doing those things so that you can enjoy yourself more, mm -hmm. build the trust factor with yourself. Like, yeah, that is a great picture I took or, wow, I found that mushroom that nobody else could find in the woods when I was foraging <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I, it, that reminds me of like one of my favorite pieces of advice. Um, you know, when you're feeling in a crappy mode or even just like being an adult, you know, being an adult and especially in DC where I live can be stressful. Um, and yeah. one, of the, one of the key components that I was um, reminded of recently was remembering that thing that you used to love doing as a child and doing more of that doing more of that for me that's obviously songwriting and and singing and and being goofy i'm not gonna lie but <laughs> that's awesome. that's great. But, but so but i think a lot of people when they um when they really stop to recognize well my inner child does this or wants this there's a lot of judgment that often comes about as a result of that yeah. like I mean, thankfully, anime is trending these days, but, you know, there's a lot of things that, that you know, one of my girlfriends, she likes to every now and then have a stuffed toy um, tea party, which, you know, she's 30-something years old, and people are like, huh, that's a bit odd, but I think that's important for us to do. So how do we, how do we free ourselves from that internal judgment, let alone the external judgment that a lot of us face? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that question, like, what did you used to really like to do as a child and do more of it? That works really well for lots of people. There are some people that that won't even work for because they might've been so, um, they've might've been cut off from that so early that they can't remember. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, and so then that's okay. And that's okay because they were cut off by a well-meaning parent who was trying to help them be what they needed to be to survive. So, right. so it's okay. But so getting yourself into as relaxed a space as you can, however, that's good for you in a bath with a candle, with some essential oils, whatever, and then really sort of floating away and like, what would just feel so much fun to do? And having some inspiration, like, like you even said, your girlfriend who has a tea party with stuffed animals, that is inspiring. That is cool. That is offbeat. <laughs> Not that I would do the same thing, but it inspires me to be as offbeat as I freaking want. Yeah. So I think just like softening into more and more permission. Mm. Just a little more permission. Spend time with somebody who's going to give you a little more permission than, than you can give yourself right now or than the last person that you talked to that you felt like, oh. <laughs> I, you yes, I've, 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 definitely, I've definitely cut those people out of my life. I'm not going to lie. 
I live, by, I live by the ethos. If, if it's not a hick, yes, it's a hick, no. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, say again. If, if, if it's not a hick, yes, it's a hick, no. Um, is Good. one of my, my key philosophies in life um, with people and things. So, okay, I, I, I love those those words of wisdom. If I can be so bold, I would like to now step into how does that manifest, and I, I'm using that word <laughs> kind of ironically, I realize, but how does that how does that transfer for maybe your male clients, let alone your female clients? Because I feel like women are raised to be more feeling than a lot of our men are um and which you know has a whole host of other issues unfortunately but you know when it comes to young men feeling overwhelmed or stressed or triggered or unable to express themselves or or just move through their emotions how does that um how, how does feeding their inner child or how does that look how does that even come to be healthily and, and especially considering how much judgments how many judgments and how much um, pressure there is on our young men to show up a certain type of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that um, what I have observed, you know, I don't have the experience of being a, a man, but obviously we know that the the trends that you said that you mm -hmm. just mentioned are, are true. We see them all the time. And I think um, when I'm talking to young men and the young men that are a, a bit more in touch with themselves i have found they have somehow found environments whether they are nature whether they are um you know in in some cases parents that are more open but they have found ways to be in environments that are not the constrictive, you know, you have to be buttoned up, pull up your tie, you know, like, what are you doing crying? And that's where, you know, you, you may not be able to be in those environments all the time, but if you are and you can grow while you're there, then when you know you're not there, you can kind of put up a little bit of a shield. And always striving to spend more time um, cultivating more relationships that allow you to be in that space where you are mm. more of yourself. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up, um, you know, that shield. Because I think, you know, especially, I mean, over the last 18 years that I've been working with young people, um, I, I feel as if there has been more and more of a trend towards faking it, towards mm -hmm. putting on a mask, toward, and I don't, I don't know if that's to do with social media or to do with, um, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses or or whatever. Um, but that shield can be so damaging for a young person's confidence and self worth, let alone their ability to navigate uh, trauma or adversity. So, do you have any like tips on how to kind of um allow yourself that the, the opportunity to take off the mask when it is safe to do so yeah so i i i like to think of it as not yes or no but there may be maybe layers right sort of like protective mm. layers and when all the layers are up maybe 
Like that's full on mask and like, I'm totally protected. Yeah. And, right. you know, it can be damaging to be in that protection all the time, but when you need to be, then you need to be. But if, if, you know, you can think about removing layers or maybe not taking the whole thing off, but it's more of a porous kind of a, a mask. Like, let me just try this out. Let me, I wonder what would happen if I said this kind of thing to mom. I right. wonder, you know, what if I share this with my father or this with my friend? And, you know, that's a little bit more fluid. It might be a little bit easier to think about it like that than I, I'm just going to take it all off and it's all me no matter what. And it's just, <laughs> if it works for you, that's phenomenal. But for many people, that's just not not realistic for yeah. a number of reasons. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, and I, as soon as you said layers, I, all I could think of was we're all ogres like Shrek. Okay. <laughs> hey, are you familiar with that? <laughs> No. Like, okay, that makes sense. But no, I mean, but I, I think that that's a really great point is that like allowing ourselves levels of vulnerability, um, as long as we stay centered and, and able to recognize who we are underneath those layers, right? And I think you're completely right that that a, a lot of that is to do with letting ourselves feel joy and, and feel that peace and be in our comfortable places and, and you know, fill our our own hearts and things that that's awesome I, I i love all of that with um with regards to like you know your work specifically so it, especially as you're moving from pa to um maine mm -hmm. if people are wanting to reach out to you to work with you how like what does that look like do you do in person are you more virtual Right. Absolutely. So there's a couple of ways right now um, to work with me. It's mostly virtual. Okay. So what I found is even in the, you know, because of the pandemic, even if I live local to somebody, it's just so much easier to jump mm -hmm. on Zoom and nobody has to get in their car or whatever. So virtual has opened up the world, you know, um, Quite literally. And it's kind of leveled the playing field <laughs> other than yeah. time zones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my, um, my website right now is my link tree. So there's literally buttons just with, there's a, a Facebook group that a friend and I started just this month. That is the easiest way the it's free um he channels so you know in terms of facilitating because i'm all about facilitating points of view i'm facilitating him being able to share this channeling which i know we haven't even you know it's apart from what we talked about and it's for anyone teenagers mm -hmm. are in there you know um 60 somethings whatever it's for anyone um also i do a one-off human design which mm -hmm. I'm sort of expanding into like a human design, like experience. So it's not just you talk to me for 50 minutes and that's it. So you have right. a little bit on the front end and the back end. And then um, I do more um, elongated one-on-one -on -one work where it's, um, it's really about facilitating and, and holding you and moving with you and we bring human design in just to um 
really to soften anything that needs to be softened so that you have more internal capacity, more internal space to receive the things that are in your world as opposed to, oh, I can't do that. I can't, this one, that yeah. one, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. I think that's, that's so important, for, like you said, for both parents, non-parents and teenagers alike. It's, mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to be bold enough, be vulnerable enough, be strong enough to step into those soft spaces and then allow those soft spaces to receive on such a deep level. That is, that's just, that's power 101, I think. And, you know, I, I, I know that. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's not the way we're taught that power is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I see it all the time with my with my songwriting clients. You know, I, the very first thing I tell my the, the teenagers that I work with is that the walls in which we're working together are safe space. That's where you can just let yourself be and speak and and create. And then through that safe space, they're for the first time able to like tap into parts of themselves that they didn't know existed. And I imagine it's very similar with you. You know, learning about their you know, what the channels are, learning about whether they're a projectionist or, you know, I just, I think that's, that's such powerful, beautiful work. That's beautiful. So for anybody who is wanting to reach out to you, obviously, TeresaPuckett.com. Um, and you are also Teresa Puckett on Facebook as I well am. as on Instagram. Yes, um, Puckett on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you're all about that gram life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When I first moved to DC and everyone's like, what's your Instagram? I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> I just to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, the thing for me, I, I need to get a little bit more on and better on Instagram. But to me, Instagram right now is the thing that transcends the generational barriers. You know, there's yeah. teenagers on there and as well as everyone. Yeah. As yeah, opposed to absolutely. Facebook, not so much. A little bit funny, Debbie. Mm -hmm. I feel you. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Teresa. I really, I, I honor you. I honor your work. I'm, I'm very excited and grateful for your, you know, for just how you're helping people step into their power. I think that's, that's really beautiful. Um, with your specific approach, it's just, it's, it's not the typical. I think that when we think of youth work, um, to think about, you know, the heart set, mindset, and soul set. Um, it's just it's just fantastic. So thank you for your time. Thank you to everybody, of course, for tuning in and watching today's episode. Thank you to the iRanch Network for helping facilitate and put this entire show together. And of course, thank you to my Patreon community over Imogene Nation, um, who are all making this thing possible because without you guys, I wouldn't be here. Uh, so until next time, friends, be kind, thank be you. safe, spread love like it's going out of fashion. And remember, TeresaPuckett.com. <laughs> See you guys later. Thank you so much, Emma. My feelings straight. I don't want all my mistakes. I turn one into one. So hard to stay sober. I'm damaged and I'm love stoned. 
So hard to remain in control Be riding what I thought I'd know And I'm drinking it in But the lesson they know about And I can almost pinpoint where we went wrong I'm not about the sad songs The foundation said I'm good to go My destiny, when it's right as life, the evergreen knows it. I left behind the what if. I broke up with the negative. I'm flirting with abundance, and I'm drinking it in. My purpose is magic. And I can almost pinpoint where my love began. I'm so glad that I know who I am. Cause I'm a woman, I'm not a man. the love wins.